<laughs> All right. Um, I was hoping to get clarification of the um, instructions after the first Dharma talk. I was yes. focusing on my breath and um, started to think about the, th the three gems, mm -hmm. the three thorns, I think, <laughs> we could also call them. Yes, good point. And um, it was real challenging to, I, I would attend to my breath, and then I started thinking. you want to hit? Sure. I'll, I'll keep the, if my voice drops, just uh, wave or come nearer. You, you can clip it on you if you like. Oh, um, I would attend to my breath and then start thinking, about uh, well, relationships that lit up for me, but then I went into this whole story about the relationships, and I bring my mind back to my breath, and I think, well, that's too loaded, so I'll go to work, <laughs> and so I went to work, and you know, same thing, same right. story, and um, how does one? Right. Right, right. Is that two? Yeah. All right. How does one use that as a? method right. of inquiry and right. not get caught up in our stories. Um, uh, before I answer, or try to, try to uh, answer, naturally enough, I'm a little uh, curious. So, uh, do you want to say any of the story? <laughs> just, just a question. You can say no. Uh, well, I, I think it's... Um, this story. It's, um, challenges in relationships, some of my female friends that yes. um, I've been struggling with. And right. so uh, I, I would go off in the little story about that and then. All right, probably yeah. come back. Um, the uh, period of the meditation after that, uh, which you asked about, after the uh, opening talk, in fact had a twofold purpose to it. Uh, one is for calmness, being present, being here and now, being grounded as much as possible, and using posture and breathing to, to establish ourselves in the present. Along uh, with uh, the basic question which I put out, and uh, namely, uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but um, what area, or in terms of the three thorns, as you, as you what, what area in those areas needs attending to or needs understanding about. So sometimes there is the purposeful intention to move towards something to attend to it. And easily, of course, and very quickly, the storyline breaks. Mm -hmm. Not for everybody. And with the storyline that goes, the actual content and the detail uh, uh, women, friends, some areas there, and the story be becomes the main attraction for the self, for the I. I and my friends, I and my, the women, I, some women that I know, or whatever. There. Once we get caught in the story, then, as you said uh, appropriately, it is a matter of coming back to the original moment, the here and now. There, The story is secondary to the pattern which feeds it. What's the movement of mind which is going on inwardly? And there, there, therefore, what is the wanting which is taking place? Uh, and what are the feelings? So if there's difficulty, it's going to be unpleasant feeling, for mm -hmm. sure. And then there is something which is generally wanted from the situation. 
Is that wanting from them? Is that wanting from oneself? Or from both? So in the, in the movement that's going on, that's the area w which we wish to attend to. And as much as possible, not easy of course, to be uh, clear about. Because in the rush of the inner movement, storyline, description, content, events, they have such an attraction for us and a pull uh, on us, we forget the main thrust of what's going on. Not easy question. Can you say for yourself what the main thrust of the wanting was about? Because it's got to be in there somewhere. Um, I think it's sensing myself as separate or right. um, like not feeling a part of everything else, like I yeah. can't always participate in uh, the day-to-day -day drama. Um, I, you know, I'm starting to think I'm separate or something. All right, it's important, in, in, in important. I, um, I, I just, if I may say, maybe utterly different situation from yours. I was just uh, in recently in uh, uh, Israel, and uh, one of the people there said that with that person, had two very close friends, and introduced them. They were certainly didn't know each other. Those two friends became uh, very, very close. The outcome of which uh, the person was telling the story felt very, very separated. So sometimes situations arise, many uh, of them, where we see that the movement that's going on actually is separation. Actual or factual? Imagined, perceived, or actual? People withdraw from us, actual. And therefore the movement is all, and the storyline is revolving around the sense of separation. And therefore the uncomfortable feelings with it. And of course, the bigger the gap, the bigger the suffering. The bigger the sense of separation, uh, the, the stronger the unpleasant feelings that go along uh, with it. So then the mind gets into the storyline about whatever ways and means to make it easier, make it better, etc. All of which requires, of course, the cooperation of the other person. Suppose that person or your friend or person, whoever it is, is actually taking steps back. And then you have some fear, say, of approaching and finding out what the problem is or whatever. I'm just mm -hmm. speculating mm -hmm. a bit. The fear from in within, the steps back from the other, will actually strengthen the gap, bigger the gap. And therefore, that gap, as the, the poet Rilke says, uh, there can be an infinite gap between us, an infinite separation between us. Can we love this infinite gap even? So th there, is, there is a gap. And one sees that the storyline is somehow trying to bridge the gap in there. Does it require the bridging of a gap, the cooperation of the person or persons that you're talking about? Um, I don't think so, because I think it's mostly my own perception. I think it's an error in my perception. An error? Yeah. All right, so, so. good, that's important. So that we, we perceive something, we see there's something unsatisfactory in the way I'm looking at this, mm -hmm. that I'm making a, a, a gap, I'm making a problem, a separation, and the storyline is, is the outcome. What's the error in the way of looking at this situation and what's going to be looking at it without an error? 
What's the error in your way of looking? Um, maybe a preconceived notion about how I think it should be. And, right. uh, maybe or is, yeah? Is. Is. Do you want, to, let me interrupt. Do you, do you want to say what the preconceived notion is? What, what's the, what's the, you don't have to say it, no pressure. What's the idea that there, that, that there's, that there, or notion that's there that's making this gap between yourself and other? In reality, there's no gap. In reality, mm -hmm. can't be. We're all in it together. Well, maybe that once you achieve this level of closeness, you should always be able to be that close and, and get closer and closer instead of accepting that sometimes you fall back and you get close again. And, um, when, uh, f fair enough. When you say, say oh, sometimes, it could be an ideal, oh, when mm -hmm. I, whatever, da, 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 change, when I stop my error of perception, when I look in fresh ways, I'll get closer and closer. But what if the person is backpedaling? You take one step forward, she, they, whatever, take one step back, and, well, it's a strange old waltz, isn't it, really? That's mm -hmm. what I mean, eh? Mm -hmm. So without going towards, without going towards, what would be a different way of looking, and therefore no gap, no separation, without it even moving towards? Tada. Um, I guess... No guessing, no guessing, we can't guess. Um, <laughs> permitting it to be what it is and living with the reality of it. But, uh, Unless it hurts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and since it's unpleasant, we assume it hurts a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It, yeah. So the reality of it at the moment is there's some gap. There, there's some preconceived ideas that go along with the situation. One wants to attend more, here to feeling life more and perception. How we look at something which, in which Inwardly, in the depths of our being, one feels clear and content with the situation. And trusting out of that will come wise and skillful movement. What will bring a genuine sense of contentment with what is, to bring out of one wise and skillful response to situations, common enough, where we feel a gap between ourselves and somebody else. Well, well, that's what I'm asking you. Because <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I've got immense confidence that the, the place where your question came from is the same place where the answer will be. Sure it yeah, is. Absolutely, yeah. of course it is. What, what would be, if feel your way into it, what would be a change so that we can look at a situation where we feel the gap? You know? mm -hmm. Plenty of others, obviously, are uh, waiting for your words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, permitting it to be there and accepting that it is there, I guess. I mean, see, un unfortunately, like this word, letting go, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. It, it mm -hmm. has this shelf life thing. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 so without um, being so kindly permissive and uh, uh, <laughs> accepting, what would be a way to, to... One's got to go from something which is... From the known, the known is there is some preconceptions, some gap, some storyline, that's the known. And we've got to dig a little deeper, it's not easy, I appreciate, but to dig it, which one's going from the known to the uh, unknown. What would be a completely different way of looking at it? That mind just 
wouldn't normally relate to it. Completely different thing, known to the unknown. Feeling the pain? No, 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 no. Door number three. You've done enough feeling uh, the unpleasant feelings for a lifetime. It's a hard question, eh? you know, so, and you're in a hot, warm spot, I'm sure. Okay, let's get, take it. What do you have in common, despite all your storylines? What is it, fundamentally? Humanly. That you have in common with people or person that you talk about? Well, we're all here and we're all suffering and we're all trying to be free from suffering. Oh, you sound so Buddhist. I know, I know. <laughs> I've been brainwashed. <laughs> right, well, 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 this is the unbrainwashing inquiry. So, you keep in mind the person, I know it's very hard these things, I appreciate, but Keep in mind that the actual persons, rather than the generality. Oh, and okay, okay. What, 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 is, what is there incoming that, that needs to be so clear and deep, it has the potency to dispel the gaps, the differences. You actually sense the common, and, it, and, it, and it, it's so authentic, the gaps seem less real, less substantial, less self. In this particular... Yeah, in um, this particular life, so it's um, really actual. 20-year yeah. friendship since college, right. close old roommates, friends, uh, just friendship through the years. Okay, so. these are imp important things. So there, there's uh, one's got some uh, uh, history there over a mm -hmm. couple of uh, de decades. Uh, that can give some grounds, mm -hmm. but sometimes even with a uh, long history together, I gave the example of that, that marriage on the East Coast, etc., that there can be a, <laughs> you know, a sub substantial pulling away. Mm -hmm. Dharma teachings saying that no, in spite of the pulling away doesn't mean to say that the e effect is a painful gap. That's what Dharma teaching points out. Mm -hmm. Despite separation, despite someone whatever, not wanting to see us or know us or have contact or communication. Upper levels of us say that say, oh, there's a terrible gap, there's a terrible fragmentation, that something's gone terribly wrong. Deeper levels of Dharma say something else and that's what we want to access so that really stays steady with us. What, it, what comes to you? I'm afraid I'm going to get the answer wrong. No, yeah, no, 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 no wrong answer, but there is a right one. Oh. <laughs> the right one is the one that starts to make the difference. That's the right answer. You've got it there in you. Uh huh. Dig it out. Well, um, when I get real quiet and, and with this one friendship, um, I see that she's on so many levels going through what we're all going through. Oh, Too busy, lovely. family commitments. Okay. Um, right. Lovely. And she's pulled apart like I'm pulled apart with our yeah. commitments. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we, 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 we look that our self <coughs> the wants, the needs, the preconceptions, which forms the gap. The way the self has built its view up. One puts one's self aside. Therefore, Dharma language, a non-self way of looking. 
one looks without the vested interest of the self. And in that, one begins to give an acknowledgement to her life mm. and all that's embraced uh, in it. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, a little bit more understandably, it may be the effect, the outcome of that is some neglect of her contact, her relationship, and her abiding friendship with you. As you speak, forgetting the self from the non-self way of looking, your recognition of her circumstance, as you speak, where is it coming from in you? Head? Heart? Depth? In between? Um. Probably heart, some sort of sense of compassion that All she's... Right, lovely, that's um, the important signal. In the compassion towards her, how firm and steady in it that you are unmistakably, unwaveringly clear about the circumstances of her life, like you said, like the circumstances of many of our lives, quite often the cost is contact and friendship, etc. <coughs> Nevertheless, there's still the deep connection of perception and understanding which matters. As you speak, how firm and steady is your perception of her situation without any vested interest of the self, the not-self-looking? What you're saying to us, which is beautiful and uh, lovely to hear, it's really steady for you. Now you're not going to slip back <laughs> into, into the old whinging. Um, I guess I see her as being caught up in her drama as yeah. I am in mine. Alright, okay. Um, is it a guess or is it clear I'm sure. <laughs> You're sure? That's better. Alright, you've got to be sure. No, guessing won't make a scrap of difference. So the, the, the sureness coming from the heart, as you said, generating some compassion and some mm -hmm. feeling for the person. This begins to really make the difference. This, this will make the difference to it uh, and your way of looking uh, at, the, at the situation. Um, that's what the Dharma of interconnectedness is reminding us again and again, no matter what. And so, um, do I, I, so I have this sort of dialogue with myself then, and mm. that's how I get Can you hear over there? A little bit, little bit sorry, a little bit. You have the dialogue. With yourself when you're um, trying to figure out, uh, you know, the relationship, the home, the work. Yeah. Um, and Sometimes in these things, and like the example you mm -hmm. just gave, the focusing and the willingness to attend to one, therefore to keep the resources and strength and the energies and the focus on the mind to one particular thing and really focus on it, uh, get clear and steady with that, Maybe, not necessarily, maybe open up the insight and the other understanding el elsewhere. Mm. If you keep moving backwards and forwards, then uh, in a way it's some loss of res inner resources. So mm -hmm. a deeper sense of deep connection where there is some difficulty mm -hmm. and the steadiness that goes with it may show itself elsewhere. Okay. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So we had uh, three, four minutes shared silence. After three, four minutes, I'll say uh, anyone, and then another person may wish to speak. General principle is the uh, alternating of genders.
easier for you, whichever way you like. And, and, and if you want it recorded or not, is that entirely? doesn't matter. Um, I've been posing this question to my teachers um, because it's up in my practice right now. And that is, um, what is the significance um, um, of the way that the Dharma is being manifested in Western practice centers? Right. That um, it doesn't seem to include the diversity of communities that our society actually holds. Yeah, right. Right. So, um, first things first, um, who are the teachers you've spoken to and what you recall they told you? So you want me to name names? <laughs> Absolutely, why not? It's um, yeah. I've spoken with Jack. Yeah, Jack Caulfield, yes. I think most of you know. Mm -hmm. I've tried to speak with Kamala. Mm -hmm. I don't know Kamala very well, but I do know her, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have spoken a little bit with Sharda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and um, Arena Weissman, yeah. Eric Kolweg. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And sure. there are a couple of um, Ajans in, in Thailand that I'm emailing, actually. Oh, yeah. So oh, good. <laughs> a little different perspective. And who? who? Um, Fra Greg Tucko at Wat Umang. Yeah, oh, yeah, up in the north. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> nice, nice. Right, so you spoke to them, and you know, a number of people, a number of teachers there. What have they said, or what, what's the general response you heard? have got about the Dharma, essentially is it that Dharma and, to use the term, people of colour, is that, mm -hmm. is that yeah, okay, mm -hmm. so what's the general uh, message, impression or whatever that you've got? Um, it's been an interesting progression. The initial response um, usually is about my individual practice. Is it? Yes, it's usually about, um, um, in what ways do I feel separate? Yes. And in, in <laughs> what ways, and how does that come oh, up? Oh, right, right. Very vipassana, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, and, and there's a part of that that I, that I continue to work on. Yeah. And there is also a part that, um, that I don't understand that is out of my control in terms of the conditions that have set up our collective practice. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. When you listen to teachings, do they seem to have, and, and this is an important area of the teaching, any kind of, um, what should we call it here, Euro-American, or whatever the language might be called, um, leaning? See, there's the fact of people who come. Let's say the people that come primarily from uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, ethnic, ethnically white, shall we say? Do you think anything in the teachings themselves tends to make it more that way? And therefore, My something that we could look at. Um, I don't feel that the Dharma has color. No, no, no. Good, lovely. No. And and you don't feel that in your listening, it's not leaning that way. In terms of in terms of how. Yeah, how it's communicated. Like, I mean, 
Um, other, other stories really for a certain kind of audience, you might call whatever, white, middle class, Protestant or something. Or uh, the, the, the ways in which some, some of the teachings are presented um, don't include all aspects of the human experience. No, no. And so people, especially my experience is that when I was newly practicing, it was very difficult for me to access the heart of the matter because I couldn't get past the superficial, yeah. you know, um, that I don't relate to this person or that I don't relate to the people in the room. No, or right. Um, 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 a couple of things that I uh, can say just in immediate response, and obviously Sammy think you would. Um, I really appreciate the concerns very, very much, clearly. Um, I do think um, it's a, some, an area, these are one of the areas, and there are um, others as well, um, which the entire network and community of those who love the Dharma do need to attend to. And, and, uh, and are finding ways to attend too, uh, as, as well. And even as this is becoming more and more to our notice, um, I, have, I have seen and observed uh, increasingly uh, in, uh, Euro in England, in continental Europe, uh, Australia, uh, and, and here, that the Dharma teachings are very, very slowly, very, very slowly going beyond um, whatever, the colour. Mm. Very, very slowly. I think what is very important in, in all of this is that people within the community who have a genuine concern keep feeding it back to us mm. and, uh, and, th and, and therefore pointing out and showing ways and means both in terms of teachings, in terms of organization, in terms of localities for teaching, etc., etc., so that Though it may have largely started off in, uh, uh, with colour and primarily probably Christian Jewish background, uh, etc., is, is in fact in having the skills without proselytising and missionarising and all that uh, stuff, but having the skills to expand itself out, out further. Mm. And, uh, and I, think, I think the factors of where and how we teach is one, um, I think there are significant economic realities mm. um, which have to be uh, consideration considered. I think there's the feedback uh, which is very, very important to us, the pointing out and reminders to us of areas where there's a kind of Euro-American mm -hmm. bias or white bias, whatever mm -hmm. you might call it. Start putting all of that uh, uh, together. I think it will bring more confidence in the wider, wider community. Because mm -hmm. you're right, at the moment it doesn't reflect the wider community and the potential genuinely is, is there uh, for it. And, and, and it, is, it, it, is, it is growing in Chardra and the East Coast just now that um, for the first time I think uh, 10 to 15 percent of the uh, people on the retreat, first time we've ever had that mm. uh, level, uh, are of people who were clearly from a much wider ethnic uh, background than is that is normal, and I think that's a credit to everybody, and I think p particularly to uh, the teachers who are going in and giving teachings in the cities in a, in a more diverse community. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that attracts people to doing shorter retreats, longer retreats, uh, etc. And is there anything that you can suggest or 
to any of us uh, in any way, absolutely, you s you here's the forum, you spell it out. <laughs> um, well, actually, I'm going to be in correspondence with, with the board here around this particular issue. Um, uh, but, you know, what, what you said was actually a wonderful starting point because I have been with teachers that um, have just not validated the point. Mm. And so it's that much more difficult for me to be present when, when the issue uh, yeah. mm -hmm. isn't seen. And then also to realize that as a person of color, I feel that I have my own work to do because there is an attachment to the victimization, which is also not beneficial. Yeah. And that's what I also see uh, happening with many communities of color, is that we um, retreat into our own pain and cause another level of uh, obstacle to work through. Um, yeah. Good, so good point. Sometimes Without wishing to defend the, the, the good teachers, mm. uh, 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 the, or those who teach with you, some teachers are uh, on retreat, especially in the retreat form itself, and that may be one-day retreats or longer, um, very much focused particularly on the individual's relationship to circumstances, okay. so what's going on uh, inside, uh, etc. So in some cases you may get that feedback because that's their, their, their priority. But there are some of us, and I am definitely in, in the some of us uh, area, who uh, in retreats, out of retreats, pretty well everything's up for looking at. Mm. And, uh, and, and sometimes, of, of course, you know, all of us have to remember, hey, it, it wasn't Europeans that generated uh, an enlightened <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coming out of uh, Mother India, and uh, and the tradition has been held in its good, bad, and ugly phases uh, in various uh, countries of the of the of the East uh, over the last two and a half thousand uh, uh, years, mm. and therefore it genuinely has in its history a wonderfully uh, multi-ethnic uh, uh, tradition, and mm. we have got to make sure that's very clear here mm. as, as well. Mm. And and it is a major talking point and discussion point, and and. I think we genuinely are doing it in our best to mm. nourish and enliven, uh, enliven, enliven. I, 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 me, I think the key is um, uh, is is the is the, is the cities mm. and yeah. making it available. Thanks. Thank you. When I first came to this practice, honestly, I had a lot of interest in self-improvement mm -hmm. and wanting to feel more peaceful and calm in my life and more, you know, cultivating a lot of good, wholesome qualities. Thank you. And nice. that's happened with the practice. Ah, good attitude. <laughs> nice, nice. You should say it again in case somebody's <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> more but peaceful state of mind with more wholesome attitude. She said, that has happened. <laughs> Lovely to hear. Go on. Well, I think I've gotten kind of attached to that oh. happening. 
as a result of practice. That's right. And it's Ooh. scary to think of, mm. oh, practice isn't just for me. It might be for no. the truth, you know. Um, and I even thought about coming up here because I realized I was I didn't necessarily want my whole view disturbed. And I thought no. if I talk to you like this, it might get disturbed. It will. Yes. <laughs> so I'm wrestling with yeah. this um, right. so skewing the Dharma for my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the awareness is uh, what, 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 what wonderful and uh, good faith. Keep faith with it. Uh, is it how long have you been? Um, involved. Give us a little history. How long have you been involved in uh, exposure to Dharma, and what expressions mm. and form? What, what have you What have you done? Mm. Seriously, here at Spirit Rock for two years. All right, good. Regular classes and yeah. retreats and daylongs. Okay. And before that, just a smattering of reading and classes. Yeah. Okay, so sometimes uh, the, the uh, reading for many people is. Um, um, uh, an open step, an open doorway. Mm -hmm. I was just, if I may say, just having a meeting in Boston with uh, Shambhala Publishers, who mm -hmm. very kindly uh, published a number of the books of the teachers mm -hmm. uh, there in the uh, excellent bookshop, which I have to recommend <laughs> to you over in the corner there. And, um, uh, and then from uh, that with more practice, and of course one's experiences as well with mm -hmm. life, you know, much of what is said one knows already, just a matter of being clear, reminded about it, etc. So then you developed uh, the practices, more contentment mm -hmm. in one's life, um, more uh, a wholesome way of living, wholesome Buddhist mm -hmm. word here, of course, uh, there, and then very easily, too easily, that the ego, the I, can come in and start getting attached uh, to these qualities uh, there. What? And then one, and then one is aware of it. Mm -hmm. What tells you? What What's the signal to you of attachment, rather than say appreciation or connection with or knowing of what? That it's an attachment is going on to these qualities of heart and mind. What's? Um, I think I I get more interested or more focused on the manifestations and the identifications than I do on the actual experience that might open me up to a completely different direction. So with the manifestations, me, 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 meaning in uh, how you live your daily life, mm -hmm. your relationship with, uh, with others, right. but isn't it important if we're really working uh, on ourselves in, inwardly that we can actually feel and sense and see the benefit going outwardly? Isn't it important to, you know, hey, as you said earlier, the Dharma is working. It's actually bringing about uh, fresh, fresh new ways or more sustainable ways of wise living. Yes, I do think that happens. And then I seem to get more attached to the idea of self and quite frightened of the idea of oh. non-self. All right. So, um, uh, for, forget the, oh, the guitar that you spoke about it, but forget the non-self uh, <laughs> just for a moment, uh, for a moment. Feeling frightened about or frightened of mm -hmm. is the self at work itself. Hmm? Yes, yes, yeah, I yeah, agree yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, when so the self arises and says, "I am frightened of non non frightenment." The self is frightened. Mm -hmm. 
And then I said, oh, I, I get frightened because then I hear in these terrible places like here about non-self, uh, etc. Non-self means being non-frightened. <laughs> that's all. Means non-attachment. It means non-clinging. This is non-self. Sometimes that's no. hard to step out and trust that. Why? Why would you want to trust being frightened more? It's um, quite the pattern. It's quite yeah, the Yeah, all right, all right. So, as you say, sometimes we're developing the practice a lot, well, two years plus mm -hmm. previous, of course, and one is feeling some benefits of the, the flow of it. At any point, that which is in contrast to it begins to stand out. Mm -hmm. Contrast to it could be, in this case, some ad ad attachment and sometimes the feeling which goes with attachment, which could be being frightened mm -hmm. uh, by. Sometimes, for confidence, which helps to dispel feeling frightened, speak about some of the benefits mm. that you have experienced more specifically and concretely over the last two years. Mm. Just t talk a little bit more about it as a way to get the confidence, okay. and not, not frightened at it. Um, more clarity and more ability to come to clarity. Yes. Much more gratitude. Um, Lovely. A at least an awareness and appreciation of presence. Yep. Lovely. Um, more, less fear. Sometimes less yes. fear. All right. Sometimes all right. Lovely. Fear. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. All, all, all of that in Dharma language is. Um, uh, what is actually being nourished, developed, and mm -hmm. cultivated in. And sometimes we can look and say, my goodness, I remember when I, over this I get so afraid, or so mm -hmm. frightened, or so worried about, and some of that is losing its grip. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Dharma language, some of the attachment, mm -hmm. some of the mm. clinging to, some of the identification with. So mm -hmm. why not just keep confidence <laughs> that it's going okay. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> I'm not convinced. <laughs> because I do know there is a level right. in me of intention that right. is quite serious, even yeah, though I see over. this Excellent. confusion or attachment right. coming up. Good, lovely. Yeah. So the serious element in the uh, intention helps to keep things steady, mm -hmm. does genuinely help to uh, keep things uh, 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 fl flowing along. When you were speaking of um, attachment and of being uh, uh, frightened, what would be a way to really include that? So instead of believing in being frightened, my gosh, maybe I'm, the self is getting more attached, more and more holding on to pleasant states of mind, to mm -hmm. wholesome experience, and being frightened, gosh, the, self, the ego might be growing rather mm -hmm. than losing its grip. What would it be a way to really, instead of viewing that with any, as any belief or any, as any reality, really including that fear of those attachments to those views into the practice? How would you really say, okay, I see this is going on in me, happens easily mm -hmm. enough, others express the same concern, and, uh, and, the, and ego can build on the wholesome, you know, mm -hmm. and then when you, mm -hmm. then we end up as self-righteous, mm -hmm. thinking that we're pure and everybody right. else is in the pits, right. and uh, holier than thou, 
oh, I mean, and the holier than thou people are, I mean, they're extremely difficult, as we know, etc., etc. So sometimes the ego can take a grip and attach to mm -hmm. uh, certain qualities and states of mind. How can one, how can you bring in greater interest, look at any attachment, that means the building up of the self, the I, and any uh, frightened about what might happen to you. Here's what I've been trying lately. Yeah, all right, good. On, on the suggestion of a teacher here at Spirit Rock, actually. Who is? Howie Cohn. Oh, yeah, Howie, yeah, good, nice. So I was asking about fear. Yeah. And I wake up uh, frightened in the morning, and usually the way I would cope with that is pull together all my parts of my ego, remembering this part of my life and that part of my life and that part of my life, right. and everything's okay, and then I would get out of bed. So he suggested instead, forget all that, good. and just feel the fear. Right. So I've been doing that. I wake up in the morning, and without a label, without a story, I just feel the body sensations, often surprised how quickly it shifts. Yep. And so I seem to be able to experience the fear and move uh, differently without having to pull the All ego right. in to cope. Excellent. This All has right. been going on for about a week. All right. <laughs> All right. Long enough. <laughs> So, as you say, sometimes the old methodology, which is, you know, we mm -hmm. feel fear, it goes in different directions, so the self comes in and tries to pull it all together. Right. And, of course, pulling it all together is just the recipe for it all being blown apart again. Right. And then, 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 then. So, as Harry uh, said, there is fear. How will you know, as I speak with the other gentlemen uh, earlier on, the difference between fear and unpleasant body sensations? How, what's one? And what's the other, and what, or mental sensations, mental feelings? How will you distinguish between one and the other? Um, the body sensations just seem to be fairly simple. All right. And there's no story. There's no label. There's nothing more happens. All right. They're just uh, sensations. All right. Why? It's it true. So, as Harry uh, suggested, going to the fear, getting underneath it, may just be some old sensations um, coming out of the body. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why on earth should you wake up like that in beautiful mornings? With why, why, why in the morning? I have no idea. It's just there before I wake up. That's what I wake up to. Right. What's happening when you go to bed and the previous day, since it's, it's mm. an effect of something? What, what's going on that you got the mind's made a pattern of waking up with uh, some fear, and therefore it seems a pity to have to attend to it. Far easier to wake up happy, isn't it? Right. So, what, 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 what do you think might, might be, might be the effect of? And, and I'm, you may not know, but I'm just curious. I'm, I'm a bit stumped because actually, in my life, and when I go to bed, I'm usually feeling pretty happy and pretty calm. Right. So the fear in the morning feels like it's very archaic. It just comes out of not yeah. my life now. Right. So does that which is, feels archaic, quite mm -hmm. true, which comes out of your life now, does it seem to be influencing the day? Um, it would yeah. if I got up in that state. So that's why I'm trying to work with it yeah, before right, I get up. Right. So for fear to be fear, 
it must have some influence upon. That's what we call fear. Hmm. For fear to be fear must hmm. have. So there can be um, fear of losing what one has, mm. fear of not getting what we want or mm -hmm. whatever, fear of something happening in the future or whatever right. it might be. Right. So fear's got maybe fear of not knowing, fear mm -hmm. of the unknown, etc. We can't identify what it is. But fear has to have a relationship to something. Mm -hmm. okay. If it's just body sensations that you can pick up on, like we were saying earlier, then the body sensations will just be body sensations right, right. and not have any relationship to the day and therefore the relationship to the body sensations is, as you pointed out, probably a little bit of the old, hmm. a little bit of stored up stuff from about ten lifetimes back through the old genetic system, having a little outpouring before breakfast. That sounds <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and it may be inappropriate to give it the authority of those sensations of calling it fear. Yes. If it has no influence in the day whatsoever, you, and right. you can see, look at the day, say, well, the day's pretty good, we're mm -hmm. pretty happy, practice of right. living is going on, and end of the day feels pretty good. Then one can say, what woke up in the morning, it was not with fear. Fear has to have its tangible manifestation in the known or in the direct unknown. You know, I think I've spent a lot of time connecting those body sensations, trying to find the right fear to connect them to, because then if I had the right fear, I could solve yes, it. Yes, yes, hopeless. <laughs> hopeless, this way. Right. Yeah, so, this, so the mind comes in, wants to organize. Mm -hmm. So one way it does it, as you pointed out earlier, is to get this together with this, link this right. fear with this, that, 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 with that, yesterday with today or tomorrow, mm -hmm. or, 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 or whatever. And all that that's going on, they have nothing to do with anything. Right, right. It's a kind of, you know, entertainment before you pull your duvet off or something, mm -hmm. painful one. So, as uh, Howie was saying, just coming right back to the basic mm -hmm. factor uh, there, of uh, unpleasant sensations, being especially vigilant whether, you're, whether or not you're putting this charge label, this Mm -hmm. Worst of all four-letter words, F-E-A-R, <laughs> on the sensation. Right. If there's nothing in the day, it ain't fear. That's very helpful. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.